0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of The School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: Okay, guys, good morning, good evening, good day, wherever you are in the world. And uh, this is part four of Wisdom Field Warriors. Uh, We're going to go deeper into uh, really embracing the supernatural and the contrast between dead religion and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, because if you don't wrap your mind around it, um, a lot of people um, don't distinguish between the supernatural side of the kingdom uh, versus the Old Covenant. And so um, I want to kind of continue where we left off yesterday. Um, You know, yesterday we talked a lot about uh, the book of Romans in particular and how Paul spent really a lot of energy talking um, in Romans 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, um, and 8, uh, really distinguishing between, number one, uh, being alive in Christ, literally being born again into the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, in contrast to what life was like under the conditions of the law. And Paul was really the perfect guy to explain it because... He's, he's actually uh, you know, identified as the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was the guy um, who was going to take the place of leading all of the Pharisees. Um, he was extremely intelligent, um, and he uh, lived um, under the, the construct of achieving uh, the conditions of the law better than anybody else he uh, worked harder to memorize the scripture, he worked hard to achieve it, he was super uh, zealous um, in the conditions of the law, which actually drove him uh, to kill Christians, to kill, um, you know, in, in the first few chapters of the book of Acts, the guy leading the charge from the Pharisees to kill Christians was Paul, uh, or at that time, his, his name was Saul, okay, and so Paul knew best the difference between life and death, the difference between working hard to achieve religiously, which is actually a powerless thing, even though you may be using the Bible to do it, it's still self-defined um, religious acts, trying to make the law of Moses something you work to achieve. And Paul Paul explains, as we talked yesterday in in Romans chapter three. Um, He's contrasting the difference between conditions of the law versus the supernatural law of the Holy Ghost. One gives life, one actually condemns, right? The law of Moses was actually meant to reveal to the person trying to achieve it, that ultimately you would fall on your face realizing you couldn't achieve it. You actually need a Savior. You need Jesus Christ. So Paul said the law's not bad. It actually is supposed to break you. It's supposed to get you to the point where you go, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't give enough money in the offering. I can't do enough attendance at church. I can't work hard enough in service at church. Um, All of those things are achievement in nature. They're they're actually a, a... Um, they're powerless forms of of religion. They're they're dead. And Paul points to the Holy Spirit, which is the ultimate gift of Christ that he gave to actually release life to those who believe and make you a supernatural uh, warrior for Christ. And so I want to build on that concept uh, deeper today because, you know, really to be a wisdom-filled warrior, you've got to learn how to engage the Holy Spirit in a very deep manner and recognize the difference between seeking spiritual strength versus trying to work and achieve in conditions. One is powerless, one gives life, only the Holy Spirit gives life, right? And so, you know, the element about the relational dynamic with the Holy Spirit is that you know the Holy Spirit actually imparts to you your relationship with the Holy Spirit is not like okay you got you got this Holy Spirit thing you got this baptism thing that you don't understand you can't wrap your mind around um, and maybe you maybe you prayed in tongues once maybe um, somebody prayed for you and you felt the tinglys of the presence of the Lord but um, in your mind you're you're still trying to wrap your mind around uh, the construct of this thing called the Holy Spirit, and the reality is the Holy Spirit is this one who Jesus sent to take you by the hand, to take you up the mountain, so to speak, to take you into the supernatural realms of, of the, the heavenly realm, of, of the heart of God, right? You can bypass all the limitations of the, of the world and step into the supernatural as you enter in and grab hold of the hand of the Holy Spirit, who literally is sent to take you into the the supernatural realm of heaven, okay? That you would not live life by conditions that are powerless and imprisoning, but you would grab hold of the hand of the one Jesus sent to make you supernatural, okay? And I'm going to tell you a story to kind of illustrate this, and we're going to talk about Supernatural prayer here for a minute because um, it is the foundation of the supernatural. It's the foundation of being alive in Christ. And so, um, as I've said in some of my other teachings, um, it's not unusual for the Lord to come to me in prayer in the morning or wake me up and say, uh, Hey, I want you to go here. I want you to visit this guy. Um, This is what you're going to say to him. And, you know, I've told a lot of supernatural stories. Uh, related to that and so i want to i want to kind of build uh further into you know trusting the voice of the holy spirit okay because that's where the what that's where the essence of all life is you know, life is in the spirit there is no life in the conditions of the law if the conditions could have saved you if the conditions could have given life there would have been no need for jesus christ and the sending of the holy spirit and so a few years ago, the Lord uh, woke me up, it was on a Sunday morning, um, and he started to speak to me about um, there would be a, uh, a young lady in this church in uh, eastern Ohio um, uh, that, that he wanted me to literally get in my car and go to. And so this church was about 90 minutes away. I was living in West Virginia at the time, um, so I get in my car, I start driving to um This place in eastern Ohio. It's actually in Cambridge, Ohio, and um, the Lord says there's two people you're going to prophesy over. One of them um, is a young lady, um, and uh, you're going to you're going to speak to her about um, the Lord calling her um, out of what she has functioned in and into a new thing that she she would literally uh, be granted. The power of the Holy Spirit, and He gave me this, this uh, scripture in uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter one, um, that I think it's verse four. It says, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you." And the Lord said, "When you speak that to her, um, that He would give me the rest of everything that was going to happen on that day." <laughs> okay, and so. Um, that's not unusual. Um, I've learned to trust the Lord. I mean, obviously he is, he came to me in a dream, sent me in the other side of the world and uh, ministered to thousands of people in India over the last five, six years. And so this is not unusual for me. Um, I had to build and trust uh, with the Lord on this. And, and I've essentially been doing this now for uh, about 12, 12 years in following the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so Anyway, um, I'm on my way. On my way, I pull into the parking lot, and the pastor, uh, you know, I, I had known this pastor. I'd preached in his church probably, I don't know, three or four times previously over the last, over the years previous. And he 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 looked at me. He know you know he knows I'm one of these uh, you know Holy Spirit, what anything can happen kind of guys, right? And so. I walk in the church, and he's like, oh, what's going on, man? And I said, well, the Lord woke me up, told me to do this. He literally stopped everything that they were going to do that morning. They actually had a guest speaker. that I I didn't know that they were going to have a guest speaker, but he basically, he said, he got up in front of the church, um, and he says, guys, the Lord has something to say to us. We're not not even going to go into worship. We're actually going to start today with um what the lord is saying to us and so he hands me the mic i get up in front of the church um and i call this girl up and um i started to you know talk to her about the lord has a plan for her life and she starts to cry and you know i didn't i didn't understand the significance of it at the moment but it kind of unfolded before my eyes and um I said, the Lord told me to tell you uh, about, talk to you about this scripture. Um, Before I formed you in the womb, um, I knew you. And, you know, a lot of people think of this scripture as a natural womb. But I think the the bigger meaning uh, of, of this scripture is actually the prophetic womb. Okay. The Lord speaks to you prophetically in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a womb, right? It's a birthing process. As you hear the Lord speak in dreams, visions, and prophecy, he births something in you that did not exist before. And so he He knows what he wants to say to you and he gets you to a point in life to actually hear him. And when you hear him, it becomes a place. It is a womb of your spirit. It's a womb of your future so to speak, and he bursts a new thing into you by speaking to you, okay, and I said, the Lord's going to begin to to speak to you, and I asked her what her name was, Um, and she goes, well, my real name is Rachel, but I go by Leah, Um, and um, this is the point where the story got super crazy, because at this point, there's a guy in the front row which turns out to be the guest speaker he's a missionary to Malaysia okay when this young girl said my real name is Rachel but I've gone by Leah for the last you know 20 plus years of her life she didn't like the name Rachel when this when 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 she spoke it this guest speaker literally begins to cry and he begins to tremble and shake to such a degree that he, he, get, he, he goes down to his knees and then he lays straight out on the floor in the front of the church. And I'm looking at this guy and the pastor is looking. Um, and obviously, I mean, the presence of God literally filled the place. Okay. And this guy's having a moment with the Lord. And so um, as this is going on, I begin to prophesy to this woman, to this young lady. I said, Um, the Lord saying that you're no longer, uh, to go by a name that doesn't represent the real you. You're Rachel. You're the one that's loved by Jacob. You're the one that's going to produce a son. You're going to produce a lineage. Um, you are the loved one. Um, and she starts to, she literally, she starts to break. She cries. Okay. So now I got two people weeping. There's a woman that has the call of God on her life in a contrast of two names that somehow triggered something in this guy, okay? And so I'm standing there for like a minute. She's on the floor crying. He's on the floor crying. And the the church, the congregation, like everybody can feel the presence of God. Like, oh my gosh, the Lord came here to speak specifically to the the young girl or the the young lady for sure at this moment. And everybody's like their jaws dropped, right? Um, And so... This guy, this guest speaker, he gets up off the floor, tears running down his face, and uh, he he's asks for the mic if he can speak. I hand him the mic, and he begins to confess. He goes, he goes the Lord came to me this week and assigned me to speak about um, being married to Leah versus being married to Rachel and the identity of a Leah versus the identity of a Rachel. And he says, the Lord never came to me like this. He goes, so I was scared. I was afraid. He goes, so I prayed all this week that the Lord would send a man to help me do what he was calling him to do. And at this time, the crowd goes crazy. I go crazy. The pastor goes crazy. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, right? This guy is literally confessing that he asked for help. And I get woken up an hour and a half away from this church, sent with a specific vision that would articulate, now what are the odds that the Lord would wake me up, send me to a church, and a young lady would have both names in her contrast, in her identity, Rachel and Leah. And the Lord would say, Leah is the unloved one. Rachel is the loved one. You are the loved one. You are the one I know. You're the one that I will speak to, right? And this guy, this guest speaker is absolutely messed up. He he. then, I, I, <laughs> I'm in awe. Like I'm in shock. The pastor's in shock. Everybody knows that words of knowledge and prophecy is real, right? And this guy, um, this guy, it was the first time this guy preached prophetically. He started getting visions and dreams, I'm sorry, not dreams. He started getting visions in the midst of his teaching on Leah, and he started to pray for people, and he was activated in the gift of prophecy. He was activated in the gift of words of knowledge right before my eyes, okay? Now, that I know that's part of my calling. The Lord sends me all over the place to equip people in the power of the Holy Spirit. I walk into Lutheran churches, Methodist churches, anybody with a pastor who's willing to embrace whatever the Lord has and everything about the gifts of the Spirit. I walk in, um, I can't explain it other than saying it's a gift. When I walk in, um, typically 80 plus percent of the church gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. They pray in tongues and people start having visions, okay? That's that's just the way, that's the supernatural call of God on my life. And I've learned to trust the voice of the Spirit, okay? But it wasn't always like that. Um, you know, when I first was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was caught between these worlds of trying to understand the conditions of the Old Testament versus the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord had to wean me off of the conditions and teach me that supernatural power out of heaven only comes from his voice. It does not come from conditions. You can follow conditions the best the, the, the best of anybody that's in your church body, in your household. It doesn't matter. That actually makes you, um, that actually uh, creates a bigger weight on you when you achieve the conditions better than everybody else. Because there's no power in it. It's a prison, right? And so the Lord had to, had to, In my walk, he had to literally wean me off of recognizing conditions versus the conditions of the law versus the law of the Holy Spirit and life. And he birthed supernatural things literally to follow his voice. And so, Jesus, what I just explained is actually the kingdom in a nutshell. Okay. Um, And it's all um, wrapped up in the parable of the sower. And. If you go to uh, Mark chapter four, I'm going to read verse thirteen to twenty, um, because Satan and the su- the supernatural uh, pop call of God actually, like I explained in in the in the last teaching, the war in the garden is about the voice. Okay, Satan comes to whisper. You have the Lord walking with Adam, and the voice of God and the power of heaven. Released to Adam, and Adam contained all ability. If he would have been a warrior in the garden instead of a gardener in the war, he could have reversed the whole thing under the authority of God because he knew the voice of God, and he could have literally spoken and restored Eve, and he could have put the the serpent in its place. Okay, but instead, the war, the deception, came through the voice of evil. And Adam and Eve bowed to the voice of evil, okay? And the coming of Christ was actually to restore man to the voice of God. It wasn't, you know, the concept of sin is is a very misunderstood thing. It's not about the action of, of what sin causes. The root of, of sin is separation from the voice of God. And everything that man does is because of being separate separated, okay? If you are shifted, if you are anointed in the Holy Ghost... You then walk by the voice of God and the supernatural is poured out in your life. And the parable, of, I'm sorry, the parable of the sower um, is a supernatural explanation of the kingdom. And, and so Jesus is, is explaining um, to the disciples at this point, um, he says this very distinguishing statement. In verse 13, Mark four thirteen, he says, Then he said to them, If you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? How will you understand the kingdom? Um, in the in the book of uh, Matthew, he actually says, I think it's the book of Luke, he says, um, If you don't understand this parable, you will not understand the kingdom. Okay? Everything about the kingdom is in this parable and it's connected to the seed, Right? The, pro- the prophecy about the seed, whenever Adam messed up, the father didn't leave Adam. The father actually came and said, um, he said, the seed, my seed, meaning Christ and the anointing, the word Christ means the anointing, okay, the, the power of the Holy Spirit would come through the woman birthed in a seed and the seed of Christ would crush the seed of the woman. Okay, the seed is the living voice, the the voice of of Christ, the speaking voice, the restored promise of Joel 2.28. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You will dream dreams and have visions. You will prophesy. That That is essence pointing to the living voice. And he says, the living voice out of heaven will crush the whispering, deceiving voice of the serpent okay and so that's the backdrop of when Jesus says in verse 13 he says if you don't understand this parable you won't understand anything you might as well just forget it if you don't wrap your mind around I've come to restore the living voice of my father on earth in the garden of your heart then then you might as well wrap pack it up and and keep beating on heaven's door until you grasp this right because if you're going to if you're going to try to keep doing conditions you're wasting your time okay and so Jesus when he's talking about the parable of the sower and he's ta- he's talking about seed the voice of of God he's talking about the um he's talking about the heart of man okay so that's the backdrop of this parable and he goes on to say let me explain the farmer sows the seed which is the visions, dreams, and prophecies. It's not scripture. Contrary to what many of you have been taught, sowing seed is not repeating scripture after scripture after scripture. That's what the Pharisee did. That's a powerless thing. Supernatural comes from heaven, right? Sowing prophecy, dreams, and visions. The story I told you, the Lord sent me up to another church. He didn't tell me to go up there and repeat scripture. He told me, a certain, a specific thing, he gave me seed to plant in a woman, and seed that was planted in um, the guest speaker, right, and the supernatural was poured out in the church that day, okay, and so, all right, so, the explanation let me explain he says the farmer sows the seed the supernatural voice and what falls on the beaten path represents those who hear the word the the living voice of god but immediately satan appears and snatches from their hearts the seeds sown on the gravel represents those who hear the word and receive it joyfully but because their heart uh fails um to sink a deep root into the the vision, the dream, the prophecy, the word, they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of of the word, the vision, the dream, or the prophecy, they immediately wilt and fall away. And the seed sown among thorns represents those who hear it, they hold on to it for a time, but when the cares of life the seduction of wealth, the desires um, for other things. Uh, They come and choke out the promise, the the word, the, the living voice. They choke it out and it produces nothing. But the seed, which is the prophecy, dream and vision, the living voice of God that is sown on good soil, representing the heart that holds on to it, and doesn't let it go for anything. They hold on to it. It represents those who open their hearts to receive it, and their lives bear the fruit of what was spoken to them, okay? And some yield to harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold, okay? Now, let's establish a couple of things. Satan comes immediately to steal, kill, and destroy, Um, the conditions of the heart that are described here that do not hold on to the vision, that do not hold on to what the Lord is saying, um, it's because the whispering voice of evil comes, deceives, uh, weighs men down, breaks them, um, it chokes it out, Uh, fear, heaviness, all this junk that the enemy releases upon the heart of man, desperately trying to get man to leave it go, Because because if the heart does hold on to it, something supernatural is going to multiply, right? The supernatural power of the Holy Spirit will multiply. It's not if, it's will. If you hold on to the vision spoken to you by the Lord and you execute it, it will happen, okay? Back to the story of the Lord sending me up to this church in Cambridge, what happened to the to the what happened to the guest speaker during the week i explained that he heard the lord tell him something and he was afraid he was shaking his heart could not hold on to it alone right and so he 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 prayed that week lord i can't do this i don't understand the prophetic i don't understand what you're saying to me to contrast leah versus rachel and this love that bursts the supernatural, I don't understand it. And he prayed for the Lord to send a man to help him, <laughs> which I find absolutely comical. but so I go and not only do I speak to the to the young lady, but something happened to the young to the young minister. The Lord used me to impart supernatural strength to him, to confirm to him that he did hear the Lord, what the Lord said. And not only did he hear, but the Lord, just like the Lord told Jeremiah in, when he birthed um, a new thing in him in, in the womb of the prophetic um, he goes on in chapter one and he asks Jeremiah, he says, what do you see in vision? What, what's the, what, what am I showing you, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah explains about the branch. I see, this is what I see, Lord. And the Lord says, well, do you see Jeremiah for what I let you see? I will execute it. And so when I prophesied that to the guest speaker, what manifested immediately the Lord imparted to this man the ability to minister prophetically to the people, okay? And he starts to contrast Leah versus Rachel um, and the birthing of a new thing, the birthing of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? And there were people that got baptized in the Holy Spirit that day in that church because of this man being strengthened and confirmed that when he sees vision, the Lord would execute it. And I'm, I literally, the Lord sent me there not only to help impart and strengthen this guy, but to teach him. I, I'm literally standing in front of the church as this guy's preaching. He says, I see a vision. I said, what, what do you see? And, and I I had him start laying hands on people because of the vision that the Lord was giving him and people started to weep and cry. And guess what? This guy was activated in the supernatural, went back to Malaysia and now births a supernatural thing, a new thing, the power of the Holy Ghost in Malaysia. He wasn't just a guy ministering the conditions of the Old Testament. He was now a supernatural minister of Jesus Christ releasing the the dreams visions and prophecies upon the people okay and so jesus is saying in the parable of the sower that this is the kingdom right the enemy will try to steal what can produce life which is the voice of 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 christ the voice of the holy spirit if you hold on to it like the guy he he needed strength to hold on to it the guest speaker needed strength to hold on to the supernatural that day and it multiplied. To this day, this guy ministers prophetically, okay? And so that's what really what the parable of the sower is, is um, articulating to us. Jesus is saying, if you, if you wrap your mind around this, you wrap your mind around the kingdom. This is the way the kingdom works. And so the war is for the seed. Just like back in Genesis uh, 3.15, when Adam screwed up The Lord said, no, no, no. My seed is more powerful than Satan's seed. I don't care what Satan whispers. When I whisper something, I will speak into the hearts of men so profoundly that some will grab hold of it and reproduce 30, 60, and 100 fold. Can I tell you that 15 years ago, I take that back. Yeah, 15 years ago now, um, you know, I was a powerless guy walking the earth a mere man didn't know anything about the the holy spirit didn't know anything but the lord came to me and a prophet laid his hand on me and as i described in the stories earlier and strength came into me the supernatural came into me i heard the voice of the lord for the first time and guess what happened i've ministered over 150,000 people uh, hindus now praying in the holy ghost turning from false god gods right? I've ministered to over 6,000 pastors that were powerless. Powerless. Um, they wanted to do the right thing, but they're powerless, right? The, the, if you're functioning in the conditions of the law, that's a powerless gospel. That's not the gospel of Christ, okay? The gospel of Christ is in the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel of the old covenant is the law of Moses, which was given because they refused to meet the Lord face to face, to know their Savior face to face, okay? And so Jesus is clarifying in this parable that it is the heart who holds on to the relationship of the Holy Ghost and everything the Holy Ghost says, you trust the Holy Spirit that he will execute it, okay? And so uh, the promise of reproducing is connected to the voice. It is not connected to conditions, there, there are pastors all over America who have birthed churches and get people to come. They, they cater to what makes people feel good. They cater to a 20-minute sermonette, uh, and out the door they go, and there's no life, there's no power. They're actually That's actually not the gospel. Um, it cannot reproduce. It actually imprisons people, okay? And so you got to wrap your mind around the fact that And this is a simplified relational dynamic that Jesus gave the Holy Spirit for you to have relationship with the one who plants seeds in your hearts and makes you supernatural. And Satan fears it. Satan is afraid of the heart who is in such deep relationship with the Holy Spirit that want the next seed, the next thing that the Lord says um, can produce supernatural things, right? It produces new pastors, it produces new believers, it produces, um, somebody who, uh, now runs a deliverance ministry who last week was a drug, a drug dealer or, or addicted to drugs. That's, that's how powerful the supernatural is, right? And so, you know, this connection to holding on to the seed, um, or the understanding of holding on to the seed is a very real thing. Um, You know, you've got to learn how to draw strength from the Holy Spirit to hold on to the seed because Satan, you are in a war. Whenever you hear the direct voice of God in visions, dreams, and prophecy that are revealing a different identity, a new, a growth in you, something that you're going to do new, you think that Satan is not going to respond to that? No. No. He is. He's going to come and try to make your heart dry. He's going to scorch it. He's going to do everything possible as described in the parable of the sower to cause your heart to not believe anymore, right? I talked to you in the last meeting about the one thing Jesus confronted when he was resurrected in the disciples. They were hiding and shaking in fear. They didn't believe at this point that Jesus was even real or whether or not he was really, you know, what was going to happen, right? Jesus walks through the wall and he confronts their unbelief and he says, I am real. I am here. I am speaking to you now and wait here till I send the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost will make you supernatural, right? And so, the confrontation with unbelief is a necessary thing, guys. You can't you can't be a Christian without a, a gauge. You have to gauge your degree of unbelief, and it's not that you are fearful or recognize fear. It's what you do when you recognize it. Um, do you, do you embrace your relationship with the Holy Spirit deeper, or you do, or do you succumb? To what is trying to steal the seed, trying to make your heart dry, trying to make you depressed, trying to make you shake in fear, trying to make you whatever the entities of darkness will do um, to take the seed from your heart, okay? And so there's a scripture that becomes very important um, in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to spend a few minutes on here because um, you got to recognize that the Lord... The Lord just doesn't speak to you one time about something. There is a continual strengthening in your relationship. There's an anointing, so to speak, an impartation that the Lord will continue to do to ensure that if you go to him in relationship, the seed will be guarded. It will be strengthened. Your heart will be strengthened. Your soul, everything about your identity, holding on to the seed, the Lord will be with you. When Satan comes to try to steal it, okay, you're not alone. This isn't about trying to do it alone. This is actually learning to grow deeper in expectation of the Holy Spirit pouring out more oil, more ability upon your heart to strengthen your heart. Okay, and so there's a scripture in Jude one twenty um, where he's talking about he's talking about being really successful in the kingdom. He's talking about. Uh, being strengthened uh, by the Holy Spirit. And he says in Jude one twenty, build up yourselves in your most holy emotion, praying in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, you know, a lot of people don't understand praying in tongues and they don't do it um, a lot. Um, you've, you've heard me tell stories where I pray. I mean, for the last 15, 16 years, I've prayed in tongues on average two to three hours a day. Um, and I've gone through seasons where I've prayed six hours a day. Um, you know, partially because the Lord commanded me to in preparation for a supernatural season. Other times, because I needed strength, I thought I was going to die. I was, you know, being attacked by fear or some demonic thing trying to steal a seed, okay? And so I learned over the years to further draw strength and expectation from the Lord. And this scripture is crucial in understanding your dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will never leave you or forsake you. He always has a new strength to give you, okay? And so praying in tongues, praying in tongues um, is a command. He's actually saying, build yourselves up in your most holy emotion by praying in the Holy Spirit. So if you allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you, that's what the gift of tongues is. He prays through you, and there's a building, there's a strengthening of your most holy emotion. And that word um, that uh, of the concept of build yourselves up is actually a Greek word. It's called ep- epokadomio, okay? Um, the picture that this Hebrew wor- word paints in describing what it is, is it, it essentially is the building of a superstructure, okay? If you can envision this, you first get baptized in the Holy Spirit and there's a hole dug. There's a there Where there was no place, there's a place dug. In the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit, the foundation is laid, okay? And as you embrace this new foundation, this thing that was planted in your heart, the oil of the Holy Ghost, as you pray in the Holy Ghost, not only is a cement foundation laid, but then there's a first floor. A first floor is built by visions, and dreams, and prophecy, right, you pray in tongues, and the Lord promises to speak, every time he gives you a vision, he builds a room, he builds a floor, when that floor is built, then he builds a second floor, more visions, more dreams, right, more visions, more dreams, he's strengthening your heart, you can do this, you're gonna, there's an anointing to do this, there's a strength to do this, right, he then speaks more. There's more visions, more dreams. He builds he starts building the third floor. There's there's the, you know, there's the living room, the bathroom, the 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 attic, the the, you know, the kitchen, all these places, right? And the analogy or the the picture that the Lord is painting is every time you have a vision, every time he gives you a dream, he is strengthening you. He's imparting to you something that builds upon in your heart and so eventually what was just a hole where the holy spirit was poured into now becomes this superstructure and that's what this greek word means it actually means superstructure and so that when 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 paul is i'm sorry when the when the writer of jude Says, build yourselves up in your most holy emotion, praying in the Holy Ghost. He's saying, pray in tongues till the Lord speaks more and more and more to you, and you will become a superstructure. Okay? Okay, so. The picture that I painted for you with this guest minister at this church, the Lord wakes me up, sends me up there. The guy falls on his face. He's crying. He's weeping. He says, you don't understand. The Lord spoke to me about Leah and uh, the contrast between Leah and and Rachel. And I begged him all week to send a man to help me preach this message. And okay, so (laughs) you guys are getting the picture, right? The Lord sends people. He sends people. Um, visions. He sends dreams. His living voice goes person to person to strengthen the heart of people to make superstructures. Okay? What I am today wasn't what I was 10 years ago. What I am today, being ready at a moment's notice for the Lord to speak to me and send me someplace, didn't exist. I could use a gift 10 years ago. I could, I could cast out devils and manifest the supernatural when I ministered, but to the degree of trusting and becoming something that didn't exist then, there were more things the Lord had to speak to me. There were more people that had to come to me and said, this is what the Lord is saying to you. And this superstructure is built, okay? That's what praying in tongues does in your life. And it is the most amazing supernatural force there is on earth. The Lord gives you the ability to draw strength from his spirit, okay? And now that doesn't mean that the Lord's not going to, you know, find other ways to help you, but your the, the, the timing of your growth, the timing of your impact, the timing of you stepping into your new thing, the, the new calling, the new purpose, the new place is directly connected to your prayer life. And so this command, build yourselves up in your most holy motion, praying in the Holy Ghost, um, your heart not only can hold on to a seed, but your heart can grow in strength. Your heart can become a superstructure where other people come to, to be strengthened, right? And I mean, I'll, 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 I'll also explain it this way. 10 years ago, I could prophesy periodically, I would stand and worship, and periodically get a vision, um, and you know, s- supernatural things would happen when I when I got the vision. But it was it was erratic, it was periodic, it w- it wasn't consistent. And so, as the Lord built this stru- superstructure in me, eventually leading to call me to India and to call me to pastor pastors and those type of things. Um, literally, the gifts of the Spirit and what I can do now—not only to equip people, but to minister and prophesy to others. I mean literally you could you could stand up 100 people in front of me and I am so confident in what the Lord is saying that the the prophetic flows out of me, okay? That was a growth that didn't exist 10 years ago. And so I'm incur- I'm I'm speaking this to you to encourage you. Number 1, you have to recognize you're in a war. And Satan is doing everything possible to keep you deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit. You know why? Because he knows the more you hear from the Lord, the more you, the more visions and dreams you get from the Lord, the more prophecy you get from the Lord, the bigger the superstructure is that he will never be able to tear down. He will never, ever be able to tear down a superstructure once the Lord builds it in a man's heart. If you periodically get a vision and a dream or you went to a church one time and got a prophecy and you know nothing ever happened you know why because satan stole that seed he figured out a way to deceive you keep you dry dry out your heart so that the water the living waters would not flow in your heart and that you would not step into the supernatural because he's afraid of you becoming a superstructure he's afraid of you becoming what the holy spirit builds in you um and that's kind of the punchline of this guys the holy spirit is the builder. You can't learn your way or achieve the conditions of the law, which is what Paul was trying to articulate to us in the book of Romans um and what I explained to you in the last message. Um Paul was saying give all that up, lay all that down, that's powerless, that's dead religion. If the law could have saved you, the law of Moses could have saved you, there would have been no need for Jesus, right? And he says he sent Jesus to send you the Holy Spirit so that you can ultimately become the superstructure, the force on earth that you will reproduce 30, 60, 100 fold. Some of you will produce 500 fold. Some of you will reproduce a thousand fold. Some of you 10,000, some of you 100,000 fold, some of you a million fold, some of you 10 million fold, Okay. So your growth in the spirit is directly connected to your prayer life. And so my question to you is, do you build yourself up in your most holy emotion? Okay, because your trust in your prayer life and expectation with how the Lord is going to do something supernatural in your prayer life is directly related to how you tend your garden. Are you a gardener in the war or are you a warrior in the garden? The Lord is making warriors by how you tend your garden. How you tend your heart will be directly connected to your war mentality. Directly connected to you becoming supernatural and unstoppable force. Because a man who hears the voice of God is unstoppable. Satan cannot stop a guy who holds on to the voice of God. Why? Because that guy prophesies the word of the Lord and the light overpowers the darkness. The darkness has no answer for it. That's the punchline of the book, okay? The beginning of the book, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot stop the light. Amen? You with me? So I'm preaching now, guys. And so the point of this is... um, those of you who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, pray like a madman. Pray like a supernatural madman with an expectation that Satan will not steal your seed and that the word of the Lord will make you a superstructure. It will actually trump. It will actually crush the head of the serpent that has whispered, you can't, you will not, you're afraid, right? Every time the Lord speaks to you, you become the superstructure that literally dominates the demonic powers. And anybody who's going to step into deliverance ministry, there's no way you just get thrust into suddenly you start casting out devils because it looks good, right? There's a story in the Bible called the sons of Sceva that tried to do that. They had no foundation in the Holy Ghost. And it says they got the daylight beat out of them, right? And so... Your prayer life is the foundation of becoming a deliverance minister, becoming a prophetic minister, becoming a church builder, becoming a builder of of uh, a youth group, becoming a builder of um, anything that the kingdom of heaven is touching. Amen. And so, I wanna I wanna kind of I wanna close with a couple stories of impartation, okay? Because. Um, impartation is it should be expected, right when I when I when I explained the story of going up to that church in Cambridge, Ohio, um, I didn't just come with a vision. I came with an impartation, right? Not only was the was the young lady as she lays in tears, she was being touched by the presence of the Lord, this man was imparted a gift. He was imparted, um, something that made him—it shifted him from trying to teach the Bible to somebody who is demonstrating the kingdom and prophetically, pre, uh, prophetically ministering to people. That's what he was afraid of. He didn't—he wasn't sure that the Lord would execute the visions he was given him, right? And so, I want to stress to you that when you receive visions from the Lord, when you receive dreams, it's not just like this picture. It is, it literally is an impartation, okay? And the impartation should manifest in the natural, okay? And and I'll I'll tell you a couple stories to illustrate heaven invading earth and not just being words spoken, but literally manifesting, happening in front of your eyes, okay? On one such event, um, I was prophesying uh, to a group of people. And in this prophecy, I saw this angel step into the room um, and he was carrying a vial of oil that had the word deliverance on the vial of oil. And I saw the angel um, walking around the room and sprinkling the oil on people, okay? Okay? Now, at this point, I begin to prophesy what I was seeing in the spirit. I saw the angel come in and I said, there's an angel in here and he's sprinkling oil. That mass deliverance is going to start happening in the room. And when I spoke that oil literally appeared on my face, it appeared um, over my right eye on my right cheekbone and started running down my face. It was literally dripping and people gasped. They could see the oil on my face, running down my face. I, I felt it. I touched my face and I was like, oh my gosh. And, and, and as soon as I felt the oil and it touched my hands, the presence of deliverance, all I can tell you is the glory of God came into the room Everybody in the room fell down to the floor, okay? They were on their face. People were weeping. People were crying. Demons start coming out of people. It was actually, it it was supernatural, right? What I saw in the spirit became real in the natural. The Lord confirmed himself present, sending his angel with oil, not only running down my face, but people starting to go into deliverance. Okay, um, that's, a, that's a supernatural story. I, I've got tons of those stories, okay? And so, um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you another one. Um, within the last year, the Lord uh, woke me up in this dream and uh, an angel not, was knocking on my front door. I, op- I opened the door and the angel handed me a package. And in this package um, was a scripture, um, and it's a scripture in Joel chapter two, it says, um, the Lord will restore the, the Lord will restore the years that the locusts have stolen. And when I looked out in the front yard, it was uh, there was a, it was a desert. It, it used to be a, a grape vineyard and the, the grape vines were there, and, but the ground was uh, basically sand and the trees were dead. And as soon as I spoke the scripture that the Lord handed me in the dream through the angel, as soon as I spoke it, instantly the ground was lush, the ground was, was moist, the trees were uh, ripe, green leaves, uh, big grapes on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the vines, um, and there were angels present throughout my front yard, um, harvesting grapes and making wine. And I walked around the front of my house in shock at the transformation that I saw. And I heard this laughter coming from my garage. And I went into the garage and um, there was this big black horse. And uh, there's a scripture in uh, the book of Revelation that talks about in in Revelation 6, uh, one of the horsemen that is sent out. Um, it says, do not hold back the oil and the wine. And Jesus is in the garage with this horse. And this horse is drinking out of a trough wine. Angels are pouring this fresh wine in a trough. This horse is intoxicated with new wine. Okay. And so Jesus begins to speak to me about this scripture in, in Revelation 6. And he says, do not hold back the oil and the wine. He mounts me on the horse takes me down the driveway smacks the horse on the backside and the horse starts to run um, and he started sending me into these these places and I went into this one particular um, church I walk I literally walk in I start to speak and the people begin to laugh and fall out. they literally started to fall out of their chairs okay the Lord gave me an impartation in a dream and an assignment in my next mission, going to the next church he was sending me, because he wanted to impart the revelation of the new covenant, the new wine. It's intoxicating. It's liberating, right? It is supernatural. Do not hold back the wine. Do not hold back the wine. And so the Lord, um, he uses me in strange, unusual ways to impart his spirit. Um, And he does it to convince people how real he is, okay? Okay. When he says, do not hold back your oil and wine, there is is an unlimited embrace of the Holy Spirit, I guess is what I'm trying to articulate to you guys today. Um, When you pray in the Holy Ghost to build yourself up in the Holy Spirit, you should go with expectation that he is going to build you in such a way that the new wine of heaven is going to be poured out upon you. In such a degree that holy laughter and the supernatural joy of the Lord will come upon you. You can, you can go into prayer with an expectation of being built up in the most holy anointing of the of, of God. The oil, right? The vineyard of the Lord. I'm sorry, not the vineyard, but the but the uh the olive grove of the Lord, right? Where the where the olives are, are harvested, crushed, and the oil is poured out, right? And there's this anointing that's put on you to to give anointings to people and so listen guys there is the only limitation on your future is what you put on it and whether you embrace in your prayer life or you don't some of you guys have had words spoken over you dreams that you've actually left for broke you 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 just laid them down um, and didn't pursue them satan came and stole them um And the Lord is saying, I've not forgotten about them. I've actually drawn you to hear this, to reawaken them in you, because I'm going to give them back to you. I believe there's also people in here that you are in the midst of a battle. You haven't been able to figure out why your life is so tough. And I'm here to tell you, because you had a prophecy, a dream, and a vision spoken over you. There's a big call on your life and Satan is afraid of what you are about to become and the Lord is going to strengthen you in this very hour as you say, oh my gosh, I'm not, uh, I'm not an idiot. I'm not uh, some dummy. I'm not just this person who cannot shake depression, fear, and anxiety. You, you are going to know now that that is the work of the enemy coming to make your heart dry, coming to steal what is in your heart because the enemy knows what the Lord spoke to you will reproduce 30 60 and 100 fold all right so so I'm just going to pray now and um I just I just encourage you guys to dig deep this week in spiritual prayer, build yourself up in your most holy emotion, knowing that Satan is afraid of you embracing the seed and becoming what he's called you to become, so Father in the name of Jesus, Lord I just release strength into every person's heart who is hearing this right now, I release strength Lord that they would stand in the evil day, that day Lord would um, embrace your vision and dream and not let it go for anything, that day Lord would actually rise up the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Spirit, receiving the superstructure impartation of the oil of the Lord, of the of the joy of the Lord, of the strength of Almighty God, Lord, that they would begin to speak against the very enemy that comes to steal them, and just uh, as as the prophecy says, um, he'll crush your head the prophecy of the lord the dr- the dream of the lord will crush the head of the serpent and uh, and guys um you need to embrace that let me pause real quick you need to embrace that revelation that the seed itself the prophecy dream and vision you receive has the power inside of it to crush the head of the serpent amen so i i i release strength and grace upon you that as you prophesy in alignment with what the Lord has spoken over you the enemy will shake in fear and be crushed under the weight of the prophecy dream and vision that the Lord put in your heart so father in Jesus name let this grace increase let there be grace Strength and and desire to pray in the Holy Spirit, Lord, released upon the people that they would hold on to what you've said, knowing that you will execute the vision. You are the executor, Lord. That no man has to work to execute a vision, other than to pray and expect and hold on to the seed, knowing that in due season that seed will uh, grow roots, that seed will sprout a shoot, and it will become a tree, a fruitful tree, Lord, as you promised. Your seed would crush the head of the serpent, Lord. So I pray for that vision to be held fast in the hearts of the people. I pray, Lord, for the grace of the Holy Spirit to increase in this desire and understanding of praying in the Holy Ghost, Lord. Let it burn in their hearts that they would pray without ceasing, knowing that in due season, they will produce fruit. I just release that grace right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, have a good week, guys. And we'll see you next week. Thank
0: you. Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppett.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.